0: Greg and Dax love football, we know you do too. So
1: grab a cold one and listen, escape
0: with us for a few. And welcome to the Greg and Dax fantasy podcast episode three. It is 7-1. We are recording a bit later, but uh, I will do a quick turnaround on the editing because I'm on vacation. So I don't have anything to do, and I'm on a vacation here in New York, not doing anything. It's beautiful. Just need to, to waste some vacation days. Uh, of course, I'm joined by my my lovely co-host, Greg. Hey,
1: I'm Greg. Great to be here. Uh, looking forward to it. I know we've got a pretty good packed agenda here of kind of topics we want to hit, so uh, excited to, to get into it.
0: This whole show is about fantasy football advice, but if I can give any advice at all to those, I was telling Greg before we hopped on, um, it's don't fly through Newark. Never fly through Newark. Ever.
1: (laughs) Just avoid Newark. Like flying, driving, bicycling, unless you live here.
0: (laughs) Just avoid New Jersey. That's my advice. That's my advice in general. Unless you live here, like Greg. Uh, you know, as the true New York, Greg. Greg is from Michigan originally. It's fine. He can and his wife, uh, shout out Pre. She's also from New Jersey originally, but she's not from like Jersey Shore, like which also, by the way, common misconception that's all Guido's. Not the case whatsoever. Uh, being Italian, I can say that
1: South, South Jersey, South, is. Uh, Central South Jersey, Jersey is. is what
0: I found. Central Jersey, so like the Hanover, okay. like East Hanover region, but for the most part, like the Jersey Shore is. Like it's those transplants who come down during the summer. And really, Jersey, the Jersey Shore is not really like that at all. It's, you know, pretty normal, like surfer town. So, uh, you know, don't let the, you know, the years of Snooki, uh, you know, cloud your understanding of it uh, because it is actually quite, quite a nice place to be, Long Beach Island. I like, but that's about the extent of my appreciation of New Jersey. It ends there. That and pork rolls or Taylor Ham, as, as the locals call it.
1: Yeah. And I think if there's one thing we can agree on, it is Newark is uh, not a great place to fly through, drive through, as I said, bicycle through. Just avoid Newark. Go to the other places in New Jersey.
0: It's great. Mm, It's a giant mall. That's my opinion of New Jersey. It's just a a giant strip mall.
1: (laughs) You're not wrong. There's uh, 10 minutes from my apartment, every single retail shopping store you could possibly imagine. I got 75 grocery stores in a 10 mile radius.
0: Moving on. Speaking of, um, you know, we can talk a bit, I guess, briefly since we're talking New Jersey, let's talk quickly about, you know, the New Jersey football teams, because there are no New York football teams. That's a common misconception. Who who do we like this year outside of Elijah Moore? Because we've already talked that to death. Sorry, Greg. Sorry. I know. He's, oh, he's upset right now. <laughs> Not Elijah Moore. Who do we like between the two teams in terms of sleepers because everyone saquon's a first round pick he's a bona fide one through four there's really no there's no way to argue against it Uh, so within that there seem to be some sleepers there i know a lot of people love daniel jones like matthew berry has been pounding the table for daniel jones for an interview really yeah so that's how also people if uh, you ever need any more fancy advice, you can literally do the opposite of what Matthew Barry suggests. <laughs> no offense, Matthew Barry, icon. The guy is literally the the reason we're all able to do this. He, he's the, he's the, the father of this, but um, his takes are not good more often than not. Uh, but I have an immense amount yeah. of respect for him. That being said, Daniel Jones is, is garbage. And
1: he, he was a writer on Roseanne. I don't know if you knew that. I found that out. And I, I did like, know
0: he's a very successful television uh, uh, TV show yeah. writer. Yeah,
1: so, yeah. He's got multitudes. That Matthew Barry. Uh, but what were you saying? He, again,
0: <laughs> we always we say things. We're not here to disparage people. That guy, huge success. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, but you were saying uh, Daniel Jones is your sleeper. Is that what you were uh, pounding the table for?
0: That's what I was saying. It was Daniel Jones QB one this year. No, I I don't think there's a lot of players in either offense I'm taking in redraft leagues. I, in fact, I'd say it's Saquon. If you want to take, my opinion is if you want to take a flyer, I, I'm, I've i been, and we'll talk about tight end a little bit later, but I'm of the opinion that if you're going to go tight end, you either take one of the top three, take one of the big three, maybe wait on Hawkinson in the middle round. He's the only mid round tight end I really want is Hawkinson. And then I'm punting. And if I don't get him at a reasonable price, like let's say fifth, sixth round, I'm punting the position entirely and just hammering long tail tight ends like Logan Thomas, like T- Tyler Higby, like and here's like Troutman. Adam Troutman. and here we are right now with Evan Ingram. I still think there's there's value there, um, and I think if can with my last pick and my second or third tight end is Evan Ingram. I'm okay with that. I don't, I mean, obviously after a kicker and a defense, but other than that, I don't want like Kenny Galladay. I like, and I think the volume and opportunity is there. I don't think I trust that offense enough, nor do I trust what he's done historically with wide receivers. Like I can't think of a, like Darius Slayton had a stretch, but Darius Slayton wasn't a wide receiver too. Darius Slayton was not the wider. He never finished that. Never, yeah. Sterling Shepard never finished that. So all of a sudden, I'm anticipating that Kenny Galladay is going to make this leap. That's tough on a new team.
1: But it, I mean, I think that risk is kind of baked into Kenny Galladay, right? So I, I just real quick, I, I pulled up on Fantasy Pros, pulled up their ADP, and Galladay is sitting. So wide receiver 20 is Tyler Lockett, then it's Cooper Cup, then it's Galladay. Then it's DJ Moore, which is surprising me. Then it's Deontay Johnson. Then it's Brandon Ayuk. And so Galladay, it's not like he's deflated. He's wide receiver 22, but those are the kind of wide receivers he's being drafted around. And I could see actually of those, like maybe over Brandon Ayuk, but I would take Tyler Lockett over him. I would take Cooper cup over him. I would take DJ Moore. I would take Deontay Johnson all over him. So maybe my arguments mute, moot. Um, But I think, uh, I think his price has certainly been depressed since he's gone to the Giants and they paid him like a you know stud wide receiver. So I think we could all be made idiots with that. But I'm interested on Ingram though. So say what you want about well, Galladay and then we'll come Ingr- back to You know,
0: Ingram. Ingram, it's always been the injury problem, right? It's always the injuries. It's always the inefficient play at quarterback. There's really no one else there that I think has been able to open up the middle anyway. And maybe Galladay working the outside actually helps there's a case to be made, it helps Ingram. Right. Um you know, Good having point. Saquon back, there's a case to be made that the play action's more effective and now he has more opportunity to roam over the middle, um, coming out in that tight end. So, you know, I think yeah. that there's efficiencies that weren't there surrounding him in his previous seasons because of injuries or, you know, inefficient play a wide receiver that he's cut stepping into. Uh and Daniel Jones really needs to show that he's he doesn't turn the ball over as much. Like he's been, I think he's like in the top five internal turnovers over the past two years. So, you know, you really want a quarterback who doesn't turn the ball over and relying on, you know, those short intermediate throws to a tight end is one way to cut those down as opposed to throwing 50, 50 balls to Kenny fucking Galladay. So, you know, may, maybe that is something that we see the offense for the giants evolve to, especially when you think about the defense was really good last year. And if you can try to win games that way by relying on a defense, pounding the rock with Saquon play action and safer throws, I think there's a legitimate chance that the, you know, especially in the NFC East that the giants finish somewhere around one or two, which means, which means seven and 10.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Cause it's the NFC East, but uh, well, uh, Evan Ingram, it, I mean, I, I'm an Evan Ingram fan. I, I think I'm always, especially at tight end, going after those athletic f- freaks, and, and that is absolutely what Evan Ingram is. I just, I've been burned by that man. Like, I've had him on a couple of teams, and he's done absolutely nothing for me. Um, it, but then he flashes, and you're like, all right, he's he's got to figure it out. Um, but I mean, where I'm at with it is, I don't trust this coaching staff. You know, you got Jason Witten, plays. Or no, you've got Jason Garrett calling plays for Jason Witten. And that was who I was going to bring up is Jason Witten's on that team now. And I mean, maybe we can make a little gentleman's agreement or gentleman's bet here. But I think Jason Witten might have more touchdowns than Evan Ingram at the end. Of that year. is
0: the hottest take of I, the year.
1: <laughs> I, 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 Maybe it's hot, but we're talking about Jason Garrett here. So Jason wins his boy. And I just don't see a lot of production coming from Evan Ingram, I think. I don't think the offense is going to flow through the tight end where it might in other scenarios. And honestly, and again, pure conjecture, we're just two dudes sitting in a room. I don't get the impression that the giants organization really likes or appreciates Evan Ingram very much. And I think that they're, you know, not necessarily interested. I think it's an Eric Ebron situation. Like the Lions had a few years ago, weren't really interested in, in, you know, long-term with him. You know, if he did something for him, great, but if he didn't let him walk. And I think that's kind of where they're at with Evan Ingram.
0: I don't disagree with anything you said. I can see that yeah. there's, I think there's a huge range of outcomes for Evan Ingram and the probability probably leans towards inefficient, bad fantasy football output. That's probably the truth. Yeah. Um, and, and that's OK. But as far as the rest of the team goes, right, moving along, I don't like anyone to begin. I don't like anyone on the Giants. I don't want any like you said it yourself, looking at who's around Kenny Galladay, DJ Moore, Deontay Johnson, Brandon Ayuk, T Higgins, OBJ, uh, Cortland Sutton's past him juju juju was wide receiver 18 in ppr like and i don't love him brandon cook someone's got to catch the ball in houston um especially when they're getting massacred and playing from behind i I don't i rather
1: i hate that argument though i i avoid that like the play i don't want any (laughs) you know mediocre players on bad teams i'm out you know good players on bad teams you got to convince me i'm just trying to avoid all these bad teams and and i think the giants are going to be a bad team like even saquon let's let's talk about saquon for a little bit if I have a top three pick, top four, because he's probably going to be in those top four, I don't know if I have the guts to pull the trigger on Saquon right now. Like, you see all these, like, again, it's July 1st, so <laughs> everything is with, like, a mountain assault right now. But you see people saying things like, oh, Saquon may not be full-time, he may not be ready for training camp, yada, yada. Like, I don't know if I want in on Saquon, because I don't know how good the Giants are going to be, and if the Giants are good, why wouldn't they just, you know, Cut Saquon's work in half and save him for next year. Here's
0: here's how I look at it. Saquon Barkley's thighs, his quads, they're pretty big, <laughs> and that typically translates into success for running backs.
1: I mean, it did for Mike Davis, right? So. And
0: it's gonna do the same for AJ Dillon. It was that way for uh Michael Turner, Everyone Eddie Lacy. Eddie Lacy. He had a, he had a very robust career. Very thick. C.J. Anderson. I like my running backs thick with two C's. I like them thicker than a bowl of oatmeal. So give me Saquon all day. I think Saquon's going to get a shit ton of catches. Tell me that Saquon doesn't, you know, take those dump-offs. It's what he did, and he's going to turn them upfield. Everyone knows that as far as talent-wise, he's probably the most talented running back in a vacuum. It's just the injuries and how he's used and the inefficiency of that offense that's the problem. Um, I
1: agree and and like to kind of i was just going to broaden out a bit cuz you you and asked initially about kind of the New Jersey teams right so there's the Giants we also got the Jets and we all know Elijah Moore number one sleeper number one player on the number board number one player in Greg's heart um yeah i'm uh, <laughs> on the board outside my heart in in reality over here um but if there is a sleeper on the Jets i'm going for it's Michael Carter it's the running back, man. I really am into what Michael Carter's doing. Even in redraft, even in redraft, I'll go after Michael Carter. I think it's going to be like a Giovanni Bernard from a few years ago type of role for him, where he's going to be peppered with with quick dump offs. I I really like what they're doing with the offense. If they follow the San Francisco model, I think they're going to scheme it with screens with dump offs to put him in space. And I think he's just going to eat it, eat it up, man. I, I think I really like Michael Carter as a sleeper. He will probably be on multiple teams of mine, sitting on the bench until you know I get the balls to to actually put him in a starting lineup. But that's who I go. Kevin for.
0: Coleman doesn't scare you at all.
1: I don't think Devin Coleman's going to make the team. Wow. I mean, that's a bold. That's too that's, bold. That's I was like,
0: bold. like, that's they, they <laughs> gave him a decent chunk of decent chunk of change.
1: Yeah. No. Uh, yeah. They probably did. Um, no. I, he doesn't. I mean, I, I think it's going to be. I mean, you look how San Francisco manages their their running backs. Every running back is going to have a role, and I think Michael Carter's role is is very early on going to be that you know passing specialist. And then I think Michael Carter is going to show some real juice in that, and he's going to start eating into what what they use a Tevin Coleman from. I think they still have Ty Montgomery, um, and, and maybe and not maybe it's Ty Johnson, still Ty have a Johnson on their team,
0: Johnson.
1: yeah, Ty Johnson. Um, and it, it, we'll we'll see how it shakes out. I don't think Michael Carter is going to be the running back the sole running back on the jets, but I think he's going to be the one that I want in fantasy.
0: I'm finding myself really liking certain middle round to late round running backs. Surprisingly. So I didn't think I would be in the ball, you know, looking in the seventh, eighth round and being like, I feel really good looking at quadzilla, looking at Mike Davis, looking at miles Gaskin or looking at your boy, Zach Moss. Yeah. I feel really good if I'm starting one of those two and I'm punting my RB2. That's a strategy yeah. I've been finding myself in Redraft do a lot right now.
1: Yeah, no, that's, um. well, there's a whole, you know, for people that follow the fantasy football scene, there's a whole argument over, you know, zero RB or, or what they're calling now, like, modified zero RB. Where it's, my opinion is, you know, draft a good team, right? You draft a good team, all your fantasy problems go away but I I do agree with you. There's a lot of value to be had in those middle rounds. And you mentioned Zach Moss. Um, And so maybe we transition from a New Jersey team to an actual New York team (laughs) and talk about the Buffalo Bills um, and and Zachary Moss. Um, I really like Zach Moss this year. I was texting you earlier this week where I wanted to talk about Zach Moss and Zach Moss. If we kind of zoom out a little bit, you know, he's going into his third year. Um, He had, Kind of a tepid rookie season, didn't really do too much, um, kind of came on the scene a little bit last year. And then, barring kind of beat reporter reports, he's kind of in line to be the not, I don't want to say RB1, but the main running back for the Buffalo Bills, a pretty good offense from last year. And so, I really like Zach Moss and, and pro football focus really liked him too. I think coming out of college, he was their number one running back that year. And what they liked about him was just his ability to break tackles and be a three down running back. And I think if going into his third year, you know, he's had two years in the Buffalo Bills program. He's probably learned how to pass protect and learned how to polish off other deficiencies in his game. If he comes out, he could very easily be a pseudo workhorse that you're getting, like you said, in the sixth, seventh, eighth round of your drafts and i'm I'm all over that. I really like Zach Moss this year, and I kind of liken him to like a David Montgomery from last year where he was going in. there were people that were in the know that were really uh, on him and and really uh, had him on their teams and then other people kind of stumbled into him and then he he proved worth it and I think Zach Moss could be that type of player this year. What, what I, do you think?
0: What I like right now is his ADP it's his value and he is going in those seventh to eighth round range and uh, your standard you know twelve PPR half ppr person links what i don't like is the hype and how it's going to propel him further once we start really drafting in august that's what i'm that's what i'm pissed off about because his value is going to be suppressed i won't be taking him in the fifth round i won't be taking him in the fourth round if he's there in the eighth round i'm you know jizzing in my pants that's fantastic that's who i want
1: See, I would bite on the fifth round for him if I get him as a solid RB two, and I go, you know, one of the studs. I go, uh, uh, you know, a Dalvin in the first round, and then go three wide receivers. And come back with Zach Moss. You know, I'm happy, man. Like, uh, I would do that in the fifth. I, that's probably my limit, though.
0: See, for me, it's a matter of the trade off, and I look at that and I say, is Pat is punting TJ Hawkinson in that round when I could have TJ absolutely? T. Hawkinson? What? TJ Hawkinson, you're a Detroit Lion fan.
1: I know, and you're I, and you're going him.
0: to bat No, But I think the value at finding that RB two is is like if I'm going to do that, I'm going to end up with Mike Davis, and I feel better with Mike Davis and TJ Hawkinson than Logan Thomas and Zach Moss. Like that's how I feel yeah. like the draft would end up shaking out for me based on how I'm drafting. I want TJ Hawkinson, and we can maybe transition right here. You know, we've we've hit on Zach Moss and our love of him. Yeah, I love, I have my rankings, my, my rankings this year, my top three fantasy tight ends. Number yeah. one, Darren Waller. Number okay. two, TJ Hawkinson.
1: Oh, you're Numbers, crazy.
0: Th- number three, Travis Kelsey. Four, George Kittle. Five. Okay. Five, Mark Andrews. Six, Kyle Pitts. That's those are and after that, yeah. You know, and
1: then I can, get, it, it. Then I, I can yeah. get
0: into it more. If you, you know, I don't think anyone really gives a shit about my yeah. seven and eight at that Where, point. Where's
1: Mo Alley Cox?
0: Mo, yo, oh, <laughs> the hype for him is real right now. <laughs> but like seven, I have, I would take Dallas Goddard, eight, yeah, Noah yeah. Fant, nine, Logan Thomas, 10, Mike Jasecki, uh, 11, probably Evan Ingram, and then 12, Jonah. Uh, mm, I'll go Hunter Henry and Jonah Smith. I have them as a coin flip. I like them. I think one of, I really do believe one of them is going to hit. I just don't know who, but if you want the thing, yeah, that's the thing is I don't know who, and if you want, we get to like, I'll let you pick from what I just said, because a lot (laughs) of that people are going to be like, fuck this guy. He just, he just dropped George Kittle to four and he put TJ Hawkinson too. I think TJ Hawkinson PPR is going to be a monster. This is his transcendence into tier one.
1: Yeah, no, I mean, so one, let me talk on George Kittle. I'm, I'm probably with you. I, I don't know if the, if I have the balls to put TJ Hawkinson above Travis Kelsey. Cause I think that's kind of where, where you lost me. Um, but I'm not huge on George Kittle and and we'll talk about why probably in a little bit, but on Hawkinson, I, I I'm with you. I think he's, he's in a really, really strong spot this year. And like you mentioned, I am a lions fan. Uh, I pay too much attention to a garbage NFL team. Um, and, and what I'm seeing coming out of these OTAs and, and kind of mini camps that they've been having is absolutely no one on the team can cover TJ Hawkinson. And, uh, and as a Lions fan, what I say to that is, yeah, no shit. Have you seen our de- defense? But uh, I really like, it. I think they did like a two minute drill and like four plays in a row. Jared Goff was throwing at TJ Hawkinson and then he got the touchdown. Unlike if that's what their offense is going to look like this year, you're absolutely right. Having him up there at, right with Darren Waller and Travis Kelsey. Um, I just, I I would love it, but I just, I, I don't know if I have that gumption yet to, to put him up there. I think Travis Kelsey is my tight end one. I, I think he's done it for so long and he's so strong and he has the best quarterback in the league throwing him the ball. And and I just can't discount that. And I he's got Andy Reid calling plays like, give me Travis Kelsey. I'm probably Darren Waller at number two, because I think Darren Waller is one of those freaks. We talked about it with Evan Ingram. And then I could see TJ Hawkinson at three. i I'm, But I'm not there on George Kittle. I don't think George Kittle is, is going to be a star tight end. I'm not touching him at his current price. Um, I think he's going like second or third round. I, I'm definitely prioritizing Waller over him. And then I would probably do Hawkinson over Kittle. So I don't know if that Hawkinson makes him my number three or where I put Hawkinson, but I think he's in line for a really strong year.
0: So to, to I'll address the Travis Kelsey thing because I'm sure a lot of yeah. people are... I'm a big Travis Kelsey fan. I've had him in my dynasty, one of my dynasty teams for a while now. Where'd you really, get him from? Travis Kelsey?
1: Yeah, I traded him to you.
0: Uh, did you did you trade yeah because his contract
1: expired and i had to give him Uh, up
0: yeah that's right that's right you were screwed and i just uh, what did i give you like a third or something just these these some
1: garbage thing
0: something garbage yeah but people are like what is happening it's not that simple it's not a true dynasty anyway um you know basically he was gonna hit free agency because we have a pool i i snagged him franchised him overpaid him it's totally worth it travis kelsey is incredibly talented he's incredibly good there's a lot of hype for that uh, tight end. What's his name? That tight end on the there's a lot of hype right now for this rookie tight end that the Chiefs just I brought didn't. in.
1: Not any hype from me on him. Uh, are you talking about is, is something Gray?
0: Yeah, yeah, Noah Gray, Noah Gray. That's it. Okay. Apparently, he's yeah. been making plays. Now that doesn't scare me off. That doesn't. I'm not. I don't really give a shit. Uh, yeah. But especially a rookie late tight round tight end, like yeah, okay, you're really gonna take a dent to Travis Kelsey. It's more. I just
1: I I just googled him. Um and I know this is a podcast, so you guys can't see these pictures. It, he looks like Travis Kelty. He wears the same number as Travis Kelsey. Like is I have no idea who this dude is. I'm not worried about him. I don't think he should be a thought in your head as you're drafting Travis Kelsey, but it's interesting they drafted a Travis Kelsey clone.
0: And supposedly he's like the fucking man. But here here's my thing. <laughs> Travis Kelsey, it's been and this is I, I, I try to think about the value of the player and Travis Kelsey going in round one round two late uh, early round two to me is not as valuable as taking TJ Hawkinson in round five or six. That's how I view it. And I, when I think about these, like when I, when I think about my rankings, I'm not ranking these guys solely on what their fantasy output is floor is i'm thinking about it from value wise so when i rank them like that i'm saying right now because of where i can get tj hawkinson i value him what he can contribute to a championship roster far more than having to take travis kelsey because travis kelsey performing as a first round as a first rounder like that you're paying that i'm not paying tj hawkinson playing like a first rounder if i'm taking him in the fifth and i think that that's in his range of outcomes just like I think it's in it's in Travis Kelsey's. Travis Kelsey's also had a ridiculously successful stint of health, and and that's a run that in the NFL that eventually runs don't, out. Don't you wish bad on him? I, I don't. I I love <laughs> Travis Kelsey. I love him and his brother. I think they're both fantastic. I don't wish that on him. But if I'm thinking about what I'm paying, I'm like, listen, I need to put my chips on the table for an air for a guy who I think is going to help me fill out the best roster and you know like if travis kelsey was going to the fifth round that'd be amazing it's not going to happen i'm gonna have to take him in the first i like travis kelsey i think he has the highest floor but i think in terms of I think he has the highest floor and probably the highest ceiling. I just think there's like, you have to pay for what they're going to do as opposed to what they have done. Darren Waller on the other hand, I think fits into that TJ Hawkinson line of thought where he's, you could get him in the third, which I think is a value. I think the points per game, even if Travis Kelsey finishes the first tight end, I don't think that it's going to be more than a point per game. And he is going to feast. Look at who is around him. There is no, there are no pass catchers there that are a real threat to Darren Waller's to Darren Waller eating, you look at who they play. They have to play in these shootouts with the AFC West. That defense is still bad. There hasn't been enough changes made there, and it's yeah. John and it's John Gruden. If anything, he's proven is that he's going to let Derek Carr <laughs> fucking close his eyes, throw that ball as hard as that motherfucker can, and try to find whoever's open. And the only guy who ever is is Darren Waller.
1: Spider two, why banana baby? Um, no, I I mean I. I I think you make sound arguments. I I think it's interesting how you're thinking about value in in those ranks, right? So you're not just, your your ranks aren't a draft guide, right? You're not just saying, here's who I'm drafting in sequential order, but they are a priority. And I think you're thinking about the right way, not just the value that they bring at their current price, but something I always think about when I'm drafting is the opportunity cost, right? So if I'm picking Travis Kelsey in the first round, who am I not picking in that first round? Who do I miss out on? And will I be able to make that up? And, and the argument for a while has for the savvy drafters has been, yes, you know, tight end is such a, a, a garbage bin of, of fantasy players. If you can get someone who performs like a wide receiver and slot them in your tight end position and not really give up too much from an opportunity cost perspective, I can come back in rounds three, four five and get decent wide receivers. Why wouldn't I do that? But I think the interesting thing that you're pointing out is we're starting to find guys or think that we found guys that can perform similarly to Travis Kelsey five rounds later in the draft, and it's again because people have gotten used to drafting Travis Kelsey heads and shoulders above other tight ends. When the truth is, it's not just Travis Kelsey anymore. There's probably three guys, maybe two, that are in that category, and you got to you know buy that dip right um, and, and capitalize on some of that value. So I like that way of thinking.
0: He also had a historically great year as a tight end. And typically that doesn't translate in the following season to another historically great fantasy season for any position. That's rare. Like I'm saying, I know people are like, well, that's, that's irrelevant. There's no guarantee. I'm just saying, look at any historically, any historical season at any position, they did not follow it up with a better season. So even considering some normal regression, even saying he's still tight end one and finishes as tight end one, you're paying for less than his value, like than he's actually valued at you're paying too much for his true value because regression more likely than not is caked in to what he's going to do and has to. So, but you're right. When I'm looking at this, I'm thinking about value. I'm not, my rankings are not draft guides. I'm not putting a list of who's going to, I'm not putting projections out. This isn't a Josh Larky, you know, I didn't run R. I don't fucking have that. Instead, I'm saying I'm looking at where these rounds are for, who's <laughs> falling into what rounds. And I'm saying, well, fuck, I'd rather have Zeke and Tyreek Hill going one and two, come back at three, take Darren Waller. Like, I think that's a stronger team than having to go Travis Kelsey in round yeah. one and then, you know, uh, round two go Hill or, you know, let's say Nook, let's say get Hopkins. Then round three, I'm faced with the choice. At, wide, at running back that I didn't really like or want. And I'm looking at round three running backs, looking at them like what well, Aaron Jones, I that, like Aaron Jones to me in a couple of my mocks has fallen to the fourth. So.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well th- that whole offense, I think people are just running away from and we'll see what happens with, with that whole thing. Um, but, but just real quick on Kelsey, I'm curious to see what you think. So, so obviously like you said, he, he He is older. Um, He's not old, but he's definitely, he's up there. He's been playing for quite a while. If something happens to him and he does, again, I'm knocking on wood here. Don't know if it picks up on the mic, but if he does get injured, do you view, so so I guess is the move, if you're going to draft Travis Kelsey, do you pick up this Noah Gray dude in the 17th round and call it a day and just have him on your bench for, you know, insurance? Do you think the tight end is still going to be valuable in Kansas City if Travis Kelsey goes down? Or do you think it's like... Ooh, it's Byron Pringles. Time to shine, baby, or or someone like that.
0: Yeah, no, I, I would say it's Noah Gray. Pick him up. I wouldn't draft him. Yeah. I wouldn't assume injury. I never do. I never try to, unless you know it's some a not, like someone who's always hurt. Like Melvin Gordon's always banged yeah. up, and so like that's why I love Javante Williams this year. But no, I, I I'm not drafting the backup tight end in Kansas City to protect my investment. What I'm saying is. It's the tight end position will prosper to answer your question. And I think Travis Kelsey's value, like you're just, you're paying market rate yeah. and I don't ever want, like if I don't have to pay market rate for the similar output, I don't want Yeah, to.
1: You, you want to buy undervalued assets that are going to appreciate, right? It's a, it, that, that's why you, there's such a a, a confluence of, of fantasy football people that are way into like Bitcoin and Option trading and because because it scratches the same itch, right? It's it's finding these undervalued assets, buying them at the right time, and then getting out once you've gotten your money and and selling in dynasty or, or selling in redraft and and you know um, turning it into something. But speaking of
0: shout out shout out Dogecoin. Yeah, shout
1: out to Dogecoin. not doing too hot, man. Sorry, um, but speaking of making money, uh, wh- what do you think is going to happen with Zach Ertz? Do you, Do you think? Uh, he's going to be put somewhere where he can show that he's still got it or, you know, I, there's been a lot of rumors of him to, to the Buffalo bills. And I would, I think we've talked about this on previous podcasts. I would absolutely love that. I would smash that all day long. I think Josh Allen and Zach Ertz would be a fun tandem. Um, but I think it's curious that we're here in July and he's still on the Eagles. He still might be an Eagle. I mean, what do you think?
0: I don't think he's going to get moved. Not at really? this point. Um, no, not at this point. Uh, like, typically, when these rumors come about, the trade would have happened already, right? Like, we're past the draft. We know who the roster, what the rosters look like for the most yeah. part. Zach Ertz is probably going to get moved. It just meant it's not going to happen this year. If anything, it might happen like middle of the season. That's that. Like, that's been a trend shifting in the NFL where players get traded mid-year, yeah. um, which typically that never was the case so I mean, that's only over the last three years just for whatever reason i think it's because of how contracts now are are set up um where you know there's not as much dead money so i i would say that that makes a lot of sense for him to get moved mid-year but i don't think before i think week one he's an eagle uh and seeing depending on how that season starts you know and also think about it like this what are they going to get like a third like fourth round pick they're gonna get the same thing if they trade him before the trade deadline in week eight i don't think his value is shifting at all if anything it's only gonna raise his stock if he performs well
1: no i I think you're right and even if they hold on to him and he leaves in like free agency or something like that you know that is a probably a comp pick in the sixth round coming back to him so it's not like they're totally gonna lose out um so if you think he's gonna be on the eagles then i just looked at his adp he's tight on 17 right now so is that falling into one of those buy those undervalued assets and, and hope for the best or, or what are you thinking about drafting Zach Ertz?
0: Yeah. I mean, especially when I think about the Eagles weapons and I think about how really I, and I, I don't necessarily know I should do more research on their new offensive coordinator and what he actually plans to run. Um, but uh, if you're running two, one, they should be running two tight end sets and you look at their wide receivers. You have 5'11", Jalen Rigger, freak athlete, not the biggest dude. You have, you know, the Slim Reaper, who's 165 pounds, 175 pounds, soaking wet.
1: I'm excited by him, man. I think he might be really fun.
0: I think he's so good. I think he's incredibly good. He runs amazing routes, great hands. He'll beat anyone off the line just because he's so fast. Like, you can't really press him. But he's thin, and, you know, (laughs) on a jump ball, I'd rather go to – Dallas Goddard, or I'd rather go to Zach Ertz in the middle of the, you know, who has a linebacker on him and who is taking advantage of those guys for the last three, four years consistently. So I think that there's a lot of value, especially with Jalen hurts and how I think that offense is going to surprise a lot of people. Um, I like miles Sanders this year. I like that offense in general, you know, I love me some (laughs) miles. If you want to win let boobies spin, uh, terrible. So, you know, terrible. I, 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 think that there's value to be had. I like Zach Ertz. If if we talk about those late round tight ends, I'm someone who actually is buying Zach Ertz because I think that he is going to be a starting tight end for the Eagles, and he's going to be... And he has just the same shot, and I don't have to pay the same price as Dallas Goddard. Not that the value is ridiculous. I think he's fine, you know, where he's going. I don't think anyone's overpaying for Dallas Goddard. But I really like... Zach Ertz and what a steal you can really get him. You can literally walk away with him as your last pick. And I think he's, he might end up putting really similar, especially if especially if Goddard goes down. I think you're looking at tight end, you know, one games. Like he's a tight end yeah. one, like top 12 tight end at certain
1: Dude, I mean, you know, two years ago, he – knock me out of the fantasy playoffs, just single-handedly. So he (laughs) he can still, uh, he he can still put up numbers. And so, I I mean, we'll, we'll see. I've always assumed that Zach Ertz is going to get moved. And so that caused me to, you know, buy him at tight end 17 when I'm in, you know, some of these best ball drafts, but even if he's with the Eagles, I could definitely see an argument for him being, you know, he, he's not riding off into the sunset. He's not going to go anywhere. Right. He's still Zach Ertz. He's still a part of that offense. So. It'll be interesting.
0: What do you think on this topic of players going incredibly late, best ball, <laughs> dark throws? Are you drafting Deshaun Watson anywhere?
1: No, I'm not. Because even if he does come You're back, not. no, no, because even if he does come back, right? And say, like, you know, these 200 masseuses were all, you know, corrobor- corroborating and, and telling lies. So he he comes back. He's on the Houston Texans. You know, the Texans aren't going to trade him and he's not going to do anything this year. And so I don't want any part of the Texans, even with Deshaun Watson. I just, again, I, I kind of, at the beginning of the season, you know, make my decisions on what I think teams are going to be bad. And I say, you know what? Not for me. I don't want to be crossing my fingers, hoping for a Brandon Cooks touchdown in the fantasy playoffs. So.
0: You Even even with the rushing floor in Superflex, you don't think Deshaun Watson has has value?
1: No, I mean, it, it, Superflex is a different story, right? So if we're talking Superflex where you pretty much want to be starting two QBs, absolutely, I think, as a dart throw, it doesn't hurt having him on your bench. But if we're talking about a normal standard league where it's 12 teams, it's one quarterback, maybe 15 quarterbacks get drafted, maybe a little bit more than that. Deshaun Watson's not going to be one of those. You know, uh, will I put in a waiver claim if we find out those 200 masseuses were all lying? Probably, but I I don't. I'm not going to have them call up a bench spot. That's just where I'm at.
0: I mean, listen, it's not. It's not not like the guy's Bill Cosby, right? Like, (laughs) he he hasn't been convicted of anything. Which I mean, that's neither here nor there on this podcast. But
1: yeah, what are we doing as a society if that uh, happens? But.
0: Yeah, that's it's not great, but but he hasn't been convicted of anything. He's, I think he's going to play this year. I don't know if he'll be a Texan. My hope is he's not. My hope is he ends up with the Broncos. But I'm drafting him as my superflex QB, and the way I look at it, uh, hold
1: on, as your as your superflex QB or as a bench player on your superflex team.
0: My superflex, my QB, So a starter. My You're, QB. Okay. I'm taking as a starter because the way I look at it is well and then I'm taking and of course you know I'm taking a a quarterback after I have to take three anyway and I will take I'm not taking to rod I'm to probably I find myself taking Sam Darnold a lot so and the reason being I look at it like this I want to win this fucking league I don't want to I'm not playing this to finish third I'm trying to win and every so often and, I, and I've had this outlook, and it's paid off more often than not, I've found. I have this outlook that there's a few moves that you can make that will win you a league. Getting Travis Kelsey production in the fifth round from TJ Hawkinson is one that I think will help me win, and that's what I'm doing a lot. I'm also, in Superflex, in every Superflex league I'm in and drafting him, I'm taking Deshaun Watson as my my second QB. The reason being... I think on a per game basis, he could finish in the top twelve if he plays. And if he plays, that is going to put me in a massive advantage over everyone else I'm playing. I'm gambling right now that I'm gambling right now that I probably won't have a QB in my super flex. And yeah. I'm okay with that. I'm not trying to finish third. I'm trying to finish first. And if Deshaun Watson is my quarterback in that super flex and he's playing like Deshaun Watson, I'm in really, really good shape and have a sh- really strong chance to win the league as opposed to drafting, you know, Tom Brady yeah. earlier and as my QB, as my QB too. And it also, you talked about the oppo- like the opportunity cost. To get Deshaun Watson, you have to actually take him. It's funny, people are... Pro- like privy to this. This isn't a strategy <laughs> I'm making up. A lot of people are taking him and gambling on him. So I've had to take him in like the yeah. eighth round, seventh round as my QB two. And that's a lot of high, that's high draft collateral, but I don't see anyone else in that range. That's going to win me a fantasy football. league. I don't see. Yeah, it.
1: It, I mean, I, I think you've got the right mentality, right? That that's what fantasy is all about. Um, yeah. You, you know, you want to finish first, you know, that's where the money is and, and you have to make those bold moves you know, who cares if I finished eighth or ninth or 10th, you know, I, I'm not caring about where I'm going to place there. I care about if I'm first and if I'm not first, you know, what's the saying? You're not first, you're last, but if I'm not first, you know, it sucks, but at least I put myself in a position to, to, to get there. And I think that strategy is sound. Um, I just don't, I don't see him playing this year. That's just kind of where I'm at on it, but I do, I, I implement that strategy all the time, especially when you have, uh, players that are coming into training camp injured and maybe they they're suspended for two games or they're injured, but they'll be back in four weeks again, buy the dip, buy that discount and, and, you know, uh, take advantage of some of the, uh, you know, predisposition and kind of worries that your league mates might have on that stuff. So uh, I'm with you. Um, what do you say we do maybe one more topic and then we'll call it a podcast. What do you think?
0: Let's do it. could hear, I could hear Phoebe Um, barking in the background. So, yeah, exactly, man. She's got to go. And
1: it's not raining as heavy anymore, so oh, you I can gotta take, take her advantage. out. Yeah, you got to go. Um, but what I wanted to chat about just quickly is um, kind of in that same vein on on mobile quarterbacks, that rushing for um, Kyler Murray. Um, and so Kyler Murray, I, I really love the player Kyler Murray. Uh, I, I think Arizona is going to be pretty fun. They've got Rondell Moore now, which I think is even more fun. But there's a pun there. Did not notice it. Uh, with Kyler, uh, just looking at some splits, right? So his first nine games last year, and I got these stats, I think from Josh Norris. So shout out Josh Norris. Um, his first nine games, uh, he had 87 rushing attempts, uh, that equated to about 600 yards and 10 touchdowns. And then in the last seven games, so the last pretty much half of the season, he had 46 attempts. So just about half the amount of rushing attempts. 215 yards. So about a third, the amount of yards and one touchdown. And so, you know, as we go into 2021 and you're looking at Kyler Murray, I know you like Kyler Murray. He's probably on a lot of your, your boards and kind of targets. What Kyler Murray do you think we're going to get? Do you think we're going to get that first nine games that gave him 600 yards and 10 touchdowns? Are we going to get that last half of the season where he rushed for 200 yards and just one touchdown. And, and if, if you think we're getting the first one, why do you think it changed?
0: I I view these things whenever someone shows these splits, I never, I never put too much weight onto them. What I think is there's always somewhere in the middle. I think you're like, there's always more often than not, these guys are going to go swing somewhere in the middle. So I think that, you know, while we've talked about Cliff Kingsbury and how I don't think he's a good football coach. I think he's, And you would see the plays, right? Like any Arizona Cardinals fan is going to tell you, they're like, why the fuck are we running Kenyon Drake up the middle? Like uh, on a first and 10, like what is happening? This is a stupid play. So I think that Kyler Murray, they will win and they are going to be able to win when they take advantage of his athleticism. And that's what he does best. Let him win. Let you have AJ Green there now, who is a stump of a human at this point. The guy is just you know throw it up and hope he he can jump like some nickel out jump some nickel corner, but you have but he can't. He can't. He's tough. He, he, he's
1: tough. yeah. Last year he looked terrible. Sorry, AJ. I love you. I, I wrote
0: though. on I on Reddit. I like wrote this uh this basically this hit hit piece and I put it there and, uh, on AJ Green and I was like and, it, and they, someone was like dude he's uh, like why, they were like they were like why is he's like wide receiver twenty eight why are you taking the time and I was like because he's not even worth that and I said that last <laughs> year I was like he is not a starter you don't want to roster him and sure enough I was right you didn't even want to roster him he's just uh-huh. toast he's just toast. He, I like AJ. So Green, back to yeah. Kyler.
1: Back to Kyler, though. My
0: point is, he has "quote unquote" <laughs> weapons. Yeah, fucking AJ Green. You're right, but he has weapons. He has Rondell Moore. He has Nook. He has a lot. He has Christian Kirk Andy Isabella is useful for running straight, but <laughs> yeah, but you know there's, and he has a great defense supporting him. They they really have a lot of talent on the defensive side of the ball. With uh, so I imagine they're going to be a better team. I don't anticipate. I think you like when you look at these these splits. Stay somewhere in the middle, like just look somewhere in the middle. Who knows if he was ba- like banged up dealing with the, like a, something that didn't come out. Never overreact and think, oh, he's not he's not going to get as many touches now. F- somewhere in the middle, he'll end up with, in my opinion, somewhere like 600 rushing yards, 700 rushing yards. That's what I think.
1: Yeah, no, I mean, I, I, I think I think that's probably fair, um, but I think you touched on something. You know, he was probably banged up, and that's why those splits look that way you Know Kyler Murray is not a big guy, he yeah. is a little quarterback. He's you know 5'10 and he's 200 pounds soaking wet. Um, do you think that the Arizona Cardinals are going to be like, you know what, let's rein him in? You know, that was always the thing with uh, that everyone's afraid of Lamar Jackson that they're going to say, or with any running quarterback, yeah, yeah, exactly. Is do you think they're going to say, hey, Kyler's more valuable to us when he's healthy, and so we're going to stop these design quarterback runs, we're going to stop you know, putting him in positions where he's just going to get blasted. Um, Me personally, as someone who does not deal with football players as human beings, as I deal with them purely as uh, statistical generators, uh, I hate that. Uh, I'm like, Kyler Murray is Kyler Murray because he can run the ball. And so when you take that away from him, he's no longer delivering that incredible playmaking ability that he has. But I could totally see, you know, head football coach Cliff Kingsbury saying, you know what? Oh, I'm an air raid coach. Um, I can win with short quarterbacks like a Case Keenum and, and others. Uh, let's let's do air raid and, and let's stop this design quarterback run, um, which may benefit Kyler Murray, um, but definitely I think takes away some of that safety that we think of with a running quarterback. So do that's you, just one of my concerns with it.
0: If, if that is the case and you're thinking about this that way, does that – Prop the value of a Chase Edmonds more for you, or James Conner for that matter. Do you find? Do you think, in viewing this and this news coming out, do you think the point is, hey, they're still going to be like running quarterbacks? Typically, they suck the fantasy value out around them. Does that help or prop up Chase Edmonds? See, or James I, Conner.
1: I, I I like Chase Edmonds this year, Um, and not just because he changed his jersey number to a single digit, which is the, the proof that he's a true baller. Um, but I, I, I like Chase Edmonds. I, I kind of, I think he's fun to, to when the ball's in his hands and I, I'm a fan of fun, but I, I do see, it's interesting with running quarterbacks because I've always been of the mind that a running quarterback opens up opportunities for the running back. And so I try to target running backs that are on teams of rushing quarterbacks. Like you look at the Baltimore Ravens, you look even at the bills with Josh Allen, having a quarterback that can keep the ball slows the defense down and makes the defense think. And when you're running the ball, that thinking defense gets hit in the face by a lineman, and you get five yards, six yards, seven yards. And so even if Kyler Murray is running the ball, I'm in on Chase Edmonds. If he's not, and it's more air raid, I'm still probably about the same amount of in on Chase Edmonds. Cause I think Chase Edmonds is going to get peppered with some of those screens, some of those quick passes, things like that. Um, so I think across the board, I'm in on Chase Edmonds at his value, whether or not, kyler is is running the ball um i think i would prefer it if kyler was honestly really yeah i i think it sucks away the opportunity obviously say he runs for you know 800 yards that's 800 yards that someone on the team is not running for other than kyler but i think it creates the opportunity for chase Edmonds one to to have bigger plays but also too if kyler's running the ball that means the offense is moving and that puts chase Edmonds in the red zone where he can score touchdowns and that's the end Name of the game on a lot of this stuff. So
0: well, I think that is an interesting take. I'm staying away from them in general, but someone who I'm not staying away from and never will is uh the individual who's giving us our wide receiver Tweet of the Week. <laughs> Tweet of the
1: week. Who is it? I don't even know who this is. who you um,
0: get? Um it's my boy AR2 Alan Robinson, the second. Oh boy. Shout out, shout out my beloved Bears. Shout out to uh, Shy Nation, who's probably not going to be in downtown Chicago very much longer. But, uh, you know, sorry, guys, Michigan Ab won't be the same, but Soldier Field kind of sucks. So, uh, yeah, here we go. So Alan Robinson, June 28th, rise and grind, start the week off right. And that's how I feel when this podcast comes out. I want everyone to take that. I want everyone to start the rise and grind, start the week off right. Not rise and grind, rise Mm -hmm. and grind. That's how I feel about it. I hope you all enjoy. I hope you all are are tweeting out everything that you should and your heart desires. Give us as much ammo, Alan Robinson, if you're listening. I love you.
1: Please stay healthy.
0: say <laughs> yeah, seriously, stay healthy. And uh, congrats on getting out of Jacksonville. That's a, you know, and sorry that you're still on the Bears, but that will. Good luck in James getting
1: said. out of Chicago.
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And good luck in your future in outside Southside Chicago, which is apparent because we'll never fucking resign him because we make bad decisions. Okay. Anyway, I uh, well, hope you get paid, bro.
1: So let's uh, let's call it a podcast, man. This is a good spending time with you as always. Um, for the people out there, feel free to uh, send in emails. We've got uh, an email address, as the kids say, uh, Pod at gmail.com. We've got a Twitter account as well that we're going to start kind of doing a little bit more with. It's at Greg and Dax pod. Um, I have a Twitter account. It's at Greg Dobbs, D O B S. Um, And I think uh, Dakota lives in the woods and you can't contact him. Is that right?
0: I prefer it that way. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Sounds good. uh, You know, our beloved fans out there. I I still don't have one, but if you really need to get in contact with me, uh, patrol the Reddit uh, Dynasty fantasy football boards. You'll see. You'll see me comment on something whenever it comes up about Allen Robinson, uh, basically any Bears player. I'll pretend to prop them up and and say you know, pander as much as I can to provide yeah. more value to them. So
1: and if and if someone's tearing down AJ Green, you got your guy
0: it's me yeah if anyone says anything bad about aj green this is me i'm it's my it's my burner account i'm KDing <laughs> it i'm a snake <laughs> <laughs> all, right, all right man it take good you care good, good seeing, seeing you, See you greg. Bye. bye greg and dax love football we know you do too so grab a cold one and listen Escape with us for a few. Woo!